Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. James splits the defense down the lane. Running layup. It's good. And the foul. He took a hard fall, but a chance for a three-point play. Rebound, James. Pushes up the floor. Caldwell-Pope. Bang! Contavious Caldwell-Pope from downtown. It's a five-point lead. Rondo makes his move. Drives again. Back to Davis. Davis for three. Bang! Anthony Davis from downtown. Timeout Miami. The Lakers do just enough. They get the victory. They're up three games to one. LeBron finishes with 28 points and 12 boards. Didn't get the triple-double. Had eight assists. Hit some big free throws down the stretch. You hear Anthony Davis right there. And PK, they didn't dominate it, but they did just enough. The Heat kept coming back and getting close or tying it up. And then the Lakers hit him with a six- or seven-point spurt and pull away again. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Good call by you. Thank you. Did you ever think the Heat were going to win that thing? Or did it feel like they were trying real hard and the Lakers were toying with them and to do whatever it took? In my heart, I thought all day, and then the game started. Fetch. Lakers will play game five Friday night. They'll try to wrap it up. It'll be 7 o'clock on ABC. And the feel-good story of the day, Russell Westbrook left an $8,000 tip for the housekeepers at the hotel as he left the bubble. They took great care of us. Took the time and energy to do the job at a high level. That was the right thing. I like to do the right thing. Uh, especially when you got that kind of money to do the right thing. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Now, I believe is this it, is taken out of context. I mean, yeah, seriously. Is anybody surprised? Is anybody <laughs> no, surprised? No. All I guess not. The media does is stories to get clicks. So, so it didn't matter. Like, I can give a long answer about something, and they can take a blip of it and write a story about it that has nothing to do with what I was saying. Nobody's going to take the time, to, to, unless you're watching this live, to listen to this entire interview. They're going to take pieces of it. They don't, you know, and if I'm not doing this in person, you can't see, you know, uh, facial expressions. Or if you're not listening to it, you're just reading a transcript, you can't hear voice inflection and then tone and inference. Aaron Rodgers not happy with the media. Aaron Rodgers giving a couple interviews this week, making news. Aaron Rodgers not turning the ball over either. And Green Bay's 4-0, so he's letting it rip. I don't know how he gets through life being a victim. Just keep grinding, PK. Just keep grinding. NFL dealing with a few uh, positive tests now in New England this morning. Stephen Gilmore tested positive for COVID-19. The team expected to pause workouts and practices. Nothing uh, happening today. Cam Newton and uh, a practice squad defensive tackle had tested positive last week. The Titans had two more players test positive, so they had their last game uh, postponed until week seven with the Steelers. They can't get back in their facility because of the new positive tests. And the Raiders, who are supposed to play the Chiefs this week, that'd be a pretty good game. Raiders had an unnamed player test positive, so they might be putting everything on hold as well. So, there you go. There's your update on the NFL and the games to watch to see if they happen this week. 
The traditional suspension, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back Kenyon Barner was suspended four games for violating the NFL's policy on performance-enhancing substances. Is it just if you are any form of a connection to Oregon, is it just in your DNA to cheat? Maybe so. <laughs> Former Ducks standout, obviously, with Kenyon Barner. I see PK in front of a big board, and you know it's got the photos of everybody. Like the old school detective drama and the push pins. Is Phil injecting a bunch of money cheating though? Then he's dragging the yellow yarn back and forth. And it all traces back to Phil Knight's money. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Well, just when we're getting used to opt-outs, we gotta get used to opt-ins. USC got a boost. All-America preseason All-American offensive lineman Elijah Vera Tucker opting back in to play for the USC Trojans this year. So, got to figure that's got to be a boost, PK. Can never have enough good offensive linemen. More talent, more depth. Sure, yeah. No no question about it. Absolutely. If he's all that, then you want him back. I don't have any problem with that. I I don't even know that I would call it opt-in. I mean, because... You want to come back? You want to show up? Fine. I don't know how it works with academics, but nobody really cares about academics anyway, so what difference does it make? Florida State coaching legend Bobby Bowden admitted to the hospital. He's undergoing treatment for COVID-19. He's 90 years old now, and he's been released from the same hospital after undergoing treatment for a leg infection. So, And the Missouri LSU game, scheduled to play in Baton Rouge, and uh, now they got Hurricane Delta coming in the area. I heard forecasts for at least 45-mile-an-hour winds and rain. So they're going to move that game to Missouri. And they're going to play it at 10 o'clock in the morning, our time. North Dakota State star quarterback Trey Lance has announced he's going to enter next year's NFL draft. They played their lone game of the fall. They beat Central Arkansas. He's projected as a first-round draft pick. 17-0 as the starter for North Dakota State. We're just talking about BYU quarterbacks standing on the quarter, uh, standing on the shoulders of the quarterbacks who come before them. Trey Lance, Carson Wentz. I don't know how many quarterbacks can we stack there in uh, North Dakota State. That's about it. That's yeah, about that, it. that works for college, but I don't think the pros care about that. If you're good, you're good. Roethlisberger might be the only guy who's come out of his school, but so what? Yeah, I don't think they're going to put a high draft board choice just because Carson Wentz. I mean, it can get you the publicity that you're looking for at the college level. If you're trying to get the Heisman or one of those positional works. Yeah, on a pro level, you're going to have to stand on your own. And this kid has been talked about. I mean, it's been done, man. It's much lower than that, actually. I mean, they play football at a high level at their level. I think we can all agree on that. And you look at a number of quarterbacks. It's very interesting to me how much college teams miss and pro teams miss. Josh Allen, he only had one offer, and now he's on top of the world. So that was the colleges missing. You know, and the pros didn't miss because he was a high draft choice. But it's interesting how that works, man, to make that transition from high school to college. We see it a number of times, colleges miss, and then in the pros. They miss good and bad. Sometimes they, you know, they don't take a kid, and he ends up blossoming. And then there's many instances of where they do take the kid, and he's a bust. 
Well, I think you could argue that North Dakota State's run, and they've won eight of the last nine championships at the FCS level. So they're getting better talent, and obviously there's some schools. Three different you know, coaches in that run, too. Certainly group of five schools, maybe even power five schools, who could have used the athletes who are on that uh, North Dakota State team. So the misses happen all the time, and we see it with the four- and five-star guys who then don't pan out and end up transferring and all that kind of stuff. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. 2-0. Swinging a high fly ball deep to center field. Retreating is Sierra at the wall. It's gone. Three-run home run, Travis Darno. And the Braves have seized control in the bottom half of the seven. Four to two Astros. First pitch, and Springer drills this one deep to left, and you can kiss it goodbye. George Springer's second home run of the game, and the Astros lead it five to two. Five two in the fifth, and that was the final. The bullpens close it out, and Houston is now up 2-0 in their series. One win away. It's best of five, so they are one win away from the American League Championship Series. The Rays and the Yankees. The Rays get the win 7-5. And we've been talking about can the Yankees bash their way. Well, it was Tampa Bay bashing their way to victory in this one. Four home runs, and they win 7-5. And that series is now 1-1. Also heard the that's Braves why I'm, there. Go ahead. That's why I'm favoring the Rays, because once you get past Cole, I just don't believe in anybody. And so I think anytime Cole pitches for the Yankees, they should be favored. But beyond that, nope. That's why I'm picking the Rays. So for the Yankees, then, they got to find a way to win one of the next two so they can get it back to game five so they can throw Cole again. Yeah. And then count on him to win. He's right, got to get two no of the guarantee. five. Yeah. He's got to get two of the five, and they got to find a way to win one in the meantime. Braves win game one. You heard the uh, big hit there as they explode for six runs in the seventh inning, break that game open, and win that uh, 9-5. to five. And for the Dodgers, who only managed four hits, but they got them all in the sixth inning, and they scored four times, and they win the game 5-1. to one. They beat the Padres. Mike Clevenger, who the Padres traded for to bolster their rotation for the playoffs, and then he was hurt and couldn't pitch and in the uh, first-round series. So they threw him, and he was out after a couple pitches in the second inning. Didn't feel right. So the bullpen was pretty good until it wasn't. But that's asking a lot, and they got a lot out of the bullpen in game three when nine guys combined for a shutout, and they were trying to pull the same trick again. And the Dodgers were having none of it. You were shocked to have Mookie Betts have a big hit in the middle of that, weren't you? He's a great, great player. I think he's the best overall player in the National League. I also think Justin Turner is one of the most clutch players I've ever seen. And the fact that he was in the middle of that is no surprise either. So those two guys, yeah, I like those guys coming up to make things happen, and and they both did. That's got them in a situation to to tie the ball game, and then Justin Justin Turner's going to extend the lead. And even my boy uh, Bellinger got a big hit there. Dodgers win 5-1, game two tonight on FS1. Uh, the other National League game, Marlins and Braves, is on the Major League Baseball Network at noon. And TBS has an American League playoff doubleheader. <clears throat> Houston and Oakland at 1.30, and then the Rays and the Yankees a little after 5 o'clock on TBS. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. 
RSL at Seattle tonight to face the Sounders. These two teams played in Utah a couple of weeks ago and uh, split the points 2-2. In that one, now the Sounders, who are in first place, at home, 8 o'clock tonight, KMYU, second of five games in 15 days for RSL. Mm. And they're not going to have uh, not going to have Natum tonight. He's still not healthy. So, nah. Missing. Well, they're not, really not going to have Armando. They're not going to have uh, Finley. They're not going to have uh, Rusnik. They got a lot of guys. They're not going to have when you think about it. <laughs> Finley, <laughs> good pull, PK. No winger. No Beltran. All right, 8 o'clock tonight. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. That is what is trending. It is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, David Nixon, BYU TV football analyst and former Cougar linebacker, former NFLer. He's going to join us at 8 o'clock. Riley Jensen, our college football insider at 8.30. DJ and PK, it's 97.5. At 1280 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Chris Mannix, Sports Illustrated. If the Jazz were a stock, would you buy or sell moving forward? I'd buy it, and it comes down to, I believe there's another level to Donovan Mitchell. I mean, we saw shades of it in the bubble with what he did in that first round series, and I think there's more to come with Donovan. I think he's that good. I mean, he's constantly compared to Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade didn't peak in his early 20s. He peaked in his mid to late 20s. The organic improvement for the Jazz are going to make them a real threat in the Western Conference, but I mean, make no mistake, I mean, the Western Conference 1-15 to 15 is going to be brutal next year. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. Zero Res has been proven in lab tests to remove more dirt and soils than other methods. Their powered water cleaning means no soap, no shampoos, and no toxic chemicals. Schedule your Zero Res cleaning today by calling them at 801-288-9376. All right, we got, Guatemala. Da- <laughs> we got David Nixon and Riley Jensen coming up in the 8 o'clock hour to talk football. So we can spend a few minutes here... Talking music, talking pop culture, mourning the loss of Eddie Van Halen. Got the question up on Facebook. Whose musician's death hit you hard? Rock and roll has lost some people early, lost some people young. Some probably rattle your cage more than others. Some people are playing with us in this thread, PK. Can you believe that? People on social media jerking other people's emotions around. Yeah, their wives think they're funny. Yeah. John Denver, Sarah says. Karen Carpenter, Rob says. Julie says Liberace. Well, neither of which applies today. I guess it will over the weekend, but rainy, rainy days and Mondays do get me down. Rainy day and Sunday, supposed to be bad weather. Rain and snow. Jonathan Clark, one of many people. Joe Shannon, both say Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park. My favorite band, Joe says. Well, it was a tragedy. I mean, he took his own life after his buddy Cornell did in a similar manner. I mean, Bennington's a Phoenix guy, and then he moved over to the South Bay. 
Palos Verdes, where uh, he decided uh, that uh, that was the end. So it's a very sad situation for sure. Yeah, I follow that uh, that young man. They weren't my favorite band by any stretch, but because of the the local connection, having lived uh, in Phoenix and then obviously over there by uh, Palos Verdes, I didn't live. You on lived the down hill. the hill from the expensive yeah. real estate. Yeah, it's all expensive now, but it's even more expensive the higher you got, for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, those are two tragedies, man. I mean, just, what more can you say? Brian says uh, Kurt Cobain and Chester Bennington. Well, that's the same so, thing. Right, similar yeah, story. Yeah. Jeffrey says Waylon Jennings. Yeah, some guys don't die young. Now, Kim... Uh, Kim from South Jordan says Elvis. Elvis died in the mid-70s, right? Uh, 1977, yeah. He died uh, two days before my sister's daughter was born. That's how I always know how old she is. (laughs) I think he died uh, August 16th, 1977, and she was born August 18th, 1977. And that was a major, major story. Even the, you know, when I was younger, obviously, much younger, but I could remember, you know, word didn't travel as easy. You know, you get on uh, Twitter, boom, you see uh, Eddie Van Halen. It's like, oh, no, not Eddie. And it just happened so quick. So you find you probably discover the news yourself as opposed to, I can remember my best buddy's uh, older brother. We're at, at their house, and uh, he walked in. Did you hear Elvis died? So back in those times, usually somebody found out and then the word spread via mouth as opposed to social media as it does today. So you probably find out yourself rather than somebody told you. Obviously not always, but I think that's more likely to happen. No one told me on Eddie Van Halen. I saw it myself as opposed to all these years later. What are we looking at? uh, 43 years later? I can still remember being a young kid and my uh, buddy's older brother who had his own wheels and was uh, a man of the world. He was he was a few years older, as I say, and he had bought a Porsche and just thought he was so cool. And uh, he just epitomized. I mean, he was the Fonz back in the time. <laughs> the Fonz. <laughs> you remember one time we were over there and, and the, uh, the, the phone yeah, rings. Actually and he goes, Fonz. Tim, you know, phone rings. Tim, what it is? He couldn't say. That's how we. That's how he responded. What it is? It's the phone. And if you don't get your bleep over here, I'm gonna bleep and hang up. And I just started busting up. <laughs> the phone. But he, he did. He just epitomized cool. He had this green Porsche. Because he was in, he he was working. He because he was older, as I say, and he he'd already been in the workforce. But he was still living at home, so he had no bills to pay, and he'd saved up and he'd bought this Porsche. Oh man, he just thought he was so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tracy says Freddie Mercury. I'm surprised we didn't see Freddie Mercury on the list more often. There were a couple. There were there's more than one mentioned. There were a couple. So get this, I have a friend. Yeah. And he's we're exchanging texts, and he texts me that uh, a few weeks back he ordered an Eddie Van. There's an Eddie Van Halen. He sent me the picture of the T-shirt. There's a shirt, and, he, and it was an Eddie Van Halen shirt. Huge, huge Van Halen fan. And so he ordered it online. 
and and I told him I said this was way spooky. It came to his house yesterday. Ooh. Yeah, that's some weird timing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mike says Jimi Hendrix, the best of all time. I had this discussion with Phil Johnson, of all people, once. About Jimi Hendrix? No, about why people would say Jimi Hendrix. And he was talking about if you want to be immortalized, you stand a better chance to die young. Yep. True story. People are left to wonder what might have been. Yeah, and we I was talking with Phil, because I got to know him a little bit uh, after he was done uh, as a coach. He, had his, his, he was retired, and I was in his presence several times, and just got funny as all get out. I didn't realize how funny he was. My kind of humor, too, the biting stuff. Dry, sarcastic, uh, biting... Yeah. Yeah, because I really had very, very little. I wouldn't think he's little interaction with him as an assistant coach. But I w- afterward, I had a lot. I wouldn't think he would be a loud comic. He'd be the kind of guy you'd be sitting next to at dinner, and there'd be some speaker up there at whatever awards or fundraiser thingy you're at, and, and he'd just have some quiet aside that would be hilarious. Uh, it was for me, and so I remember having a discussion about that, saying that uh, people who die young tend to be immortalized beyond what they might have been. You never know what they might have been because they weren't around, obviously. And Hendrix is a man who comes to mind. Other people on the uh, list here. Uh, Neil Pert getting lots of mentions. Probably seen five or six for Neil Pert. That's the Rush drummer, I believe. And uh, this one, I would say I would put second on my list. When I saw you had posted this, I mean, we didn't have any conversation. I just was clicking on social media and, and saw the post. Two names came to mind right away. This would be the second one. We haven't hit anyone with the first one yet. Uh, Andy says Glenn Fry. And I don't know why, because I went and looked it up. But I thought Glenn Fry had to be, you know, five, six, seven years younger. I thought Glenn Fry was like 60, 61. Glenn Fry was 68. 67? 67, okay. Well, I did the math. I, I didn't know, know with his I, birthday I and his death date. I didn't know. But I, was, I don't know. Yeah, 67 or 68. I my head, 67. And so when I thought that, I thought, well, I should have predicted a little more. But somehow in my mind, the, Ingle, the Eagles are younger. And uh, he was early 60s, and that shouldn't happen. And late 60s. I don't know. It seems a little more to be expected, but it did catch me off guard when I heard he died. Well, I think you're going to go Fry and John Lennon, obviously. For yep, you. John Lennon. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I was in I was in high school, and John Lennon got shot and killed, and and we got it. Here's well, actually as soon as I say there aren't too many, here's a couple John Lennons back to back. So, I heard about John Lennon watching Monday Night Football. Howard Cosell broke the news. My mom told me. Man. Yeah. And that was obviously a big time blow. I've been to Dakota apartment. Oh, you did? Uh, you went there? Building. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was uh I was there uh since a while back and they've got they've got guards there because people still gather. Yeah. And then right across the street is the park, mm-hmm. Central Park. I mean, literally, it's right across the street. And then they got a a, a display in the sidewalk and that 
flowers are there. So that from the apartment building where we were shot to display 25, 30, 50 yards tops. And so people go there, take pictures. Then they go across the street and take pictures. And the guards there, they like to shoo people away. They don't, they, you can't, uh, you can't loiter there. Well, I was there and started talking to one of the guys. And I figured there's probably a good chance that uh, he's from Jersey, which is right across the water. So I got to talking with him, and, and I started uh, telling him about my background and all. We became buddies. He had no intention of shooing me away once he found out that uh, I had that Jersey connection. And uh, so we were there uh, talking about that. Uh, and Fry, I actually did find out through a friend of mine. We'll call him Wayne. He texted me, Glenn Fry, no. And that's how I knew exactly. Yeah, what he was that's only going to be one thing, right? Yeah. And then, of course, I went online and then, boom, uh, I found out. And that, that, that's, to me, that's the most significant blow was losing Glenn Fry because the Eagles were my guys. I mean, I grew up with them. That was right in my wheelhouse. Lennon was was a little younger, but because of the fact that I had older siblings, I was introduced to them at a very, very young age. I've I've told the story. I have two older sisters that are double-digit years uh, uh, ahead of me, older than me. And my one, the older of the two, was way into Motown. So I can recall Motown shooting out of her room. Now, my two sisters, they shared a room. Uh, when I was growing up, and I, I had my own little room, and they had theirs. And so she had Motown blasting, and then my other sister, who was a few years younger, but still several years older than me, she was more of the uh, the rock and roll as that was just starting to emerge with the Stones and the Beatles and, you know, those types of groups. So those those two, as often is the case for many people who are older than you and you have intimate contact with them, they become big influences on you and you become exposed to th- different things through them. So but for myself, it was my own generation was the Eagles. And so when Fry died, that was a massive blow. Uh, Chris Cornell getting multiple shout outs here. Dan, John, right. Jill, all listing Chris Cornell Soundgarden. So. Well, I had just mentioned him yeah. with uh, Bennington and, and, yeah. and, the, and I think it was only a few months apart too and they were friends as I understand it close friends and that's two tragedies and, and Cornell you know he was a dad and all that stuff and just can't put yourself into that uh, position to that would lead to that Mickey says Johnny Cash one of a kind Johnny Cash not going to be yeah, another Johnny, Johnny Cash, Cash. absolute legend absolute legend my, what would he be, my stepfather-in-law, so my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, they were divorced, and they each remarried, and so my mother-in-law's second husband, a man I idolized, I mean, I mean they were married for 25, 30 years, and he died last June, I went down to his funeral in, in the Phoenix area, but he was just a Johnny Cash freak, and so, I mean, I had known him since I was in my 20s, he was literally the boy next door. Uh, so my mother-in-law, when they got divorced, she stayed in the house. And uh, his wife literally lived next door. His wife died young at cancer. 
and then after a few years they hooked up and they got married and and were married for 25 plus years and he loved Johnny Cash and he got me interested in Johnny Cash and then they got that uh uh what is it it's the million dollar quartet it's a play i don't know if you've heard about it or have seen it i've seen it i saw it down in st george it's now at hale center now and it's about uh cash and jerry lee lewis a couple of the guys and they 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 meet at that uh sun music place in memphis and they go through that story it's a phenomenal story and the play is now being shown and and i don't know it's the same cast but the one that I said, it was a Vegas show, and the folks from Vegas came over to St. George, and they had a run. They had a few runs that they would do two or three weeks at a time. And the guy who played Johnny Cash in that, oh, my gosh, he was dead on. He was just, he sounded like him. I mean, it was just, hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I mean, the guy just, oh, it was amazing. I, I was enthralled by it, by all of them, but particularly uh, Johnny Cash. And I don't know if it's the same dude who's playing it here locally, but it was something. And Johnny Cash was something. Johnny Cash is a mega name. Johnny Cash, Elvis, and people are throwing up some pretty big names here. Izzy says Beethoven. I don't remember that one. Comedy, comedy, comedy. Uh, any, no Michael Jackson's? Uh, one Michael Jackson, and he's got one Whitney Houston, too. Whitney Houston, a Jersey girl. Yeah, Springsteen sings a song about when you're in love with a Jersey girl. He did not write that, but he sings it. And Whitney Houston is a Jersey girl. So, whose musician's death hit you hard in honor of uh, Eddie Van Halen, who passed away yesterday? And Paul tweets in, how can you leave out Frank Sinatra? Frank Sinatra, absolutely. Now, he was in his 80s, so it's a little bit different. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, Frank Sinatra, you know, I was uh, sharing this story last night with our little 15-year-old. Uh, and uh, so he's from Hoboken. And my mother's father, Elmer Ciamillo, who had come over from Italy, he, uh, he bought the house that my grandmother was raised in and then my grandmother raised all 10 kids in that house so the house was in the family for over 100 years it's since been sold but it was in the family for over 100 years and she lived in that house for 80 plus years and it's amazing uh but uh right next to it was a little pool hall that my grandfather actually owned and old time pool hall he had a little like a general store which was very very small and then he had a pool hall, and word was that Frank used to come over and play pool in that pool hall. My family used to talk about it all the time. So I always imagine I'd been in that pool hall many times, a young Frank Sinatra shooting pool in my grandfather's pool hall. How about that? I like it. Brush with greatness. That's a little more than a brush with greatness. And right now, as I look upon my wall, as we do the remote broadcast that I do and socially distance, I am looking at a picture that I have framed hanging in my little. They they instituted this uh, Sunday night. You weren't there, but instead of uh, you know I do the TV show from mm-hmm. here too. Instead of calling it the Bat Cave, someone came up with the Pat Cave. Yeah, 
was was a little bit clever. Adam loved it. And I said, run with it, buddy, if you like it. But I'm sitting here in the Pat Cave, and I'm looking at a picture in the New York Yankees dugout, and to the right is Frank Sinatra, and to the left is Joe D. Nice. There's a couple of legends. <laughs> Those two show up for dinner at your restaurant. Your restaurant is made. Joe DiMaggio and Frank Sinatra. Okay, I'm okay with Pat Cave, but if you get a sign, then Cave has to be spelled with a K, and the P and the K have to be capitalized. I was gonna, just going to say something exactly. similar. Yeah. Okay, I'm probably not going to do that, but that's an interesting thought, and, and I like it too. Christmas gift DJ? <laughs> <laughs> a street sign, right? We should make it. We can do that. Pat Cave, and then at the intersection of Frank Sinatra Way. It's a good one. I like yeah. it. Uh, Moss just sent us a gif uh, answering the question, Tupac. Tupac. Now he's created a legend, and what a senseless way to die. Yeah. That filed that one next to John Lennon, right? Shot and killed way too early. Well, and Tupac too was much, much too early. Yeah. John Lennon. John Lennon went out on top. And he had a number one album at the time. Double he, fantasy, right? He literally went out on top. Just sitting there watching the wheels go round. Clint, no Prince mentions. And then after that, we got a couple of Prince mentions. A superstar in his own right, for sure. Yes. A megastar. Yeah, from Minnesota, of all places. It's crazy where these people come from, how they come from literally any part of the world and then end up being on top of the world. You don't think of Minnesota as a musical hotbed? Well, uh, what's his face? Bob Dylan came from there. Same hometown as Kevin McHale Hibbing? and Brian Falk. Right? Hibbing? Yes, Hibbing, yes. Minnesota. Hibbing, Minnesota. Now, you may ask who Brian Falk is. Who is Brian Falk, I'll ask. He was a college buddy of mine. Oh, okay. And he would tell me often that uh, Bob Dylan was uh, from there. Robert Zimmerman. Uh, here's one that uh, says George Michael. George okay. Michael in his 40s, maybe? Yeah. Tom Miller, John Lennon, and Karen Carpenter. Tom liked the music of the 70s. Whittier, California, for the Carpenters. A tragedy, nonetheless, too. Tom Petty getting several shout-outs here. Yeah, I forgot about Tom Petty. You're right. Yeah. I was gonna say he's not too long ago here. Uh, that was and that was out of left field. You know, Eddie Van Halen. Uh, if you'd followed it to any degree, you knew about the cancer. Yeah, uh, that had been but out there. Petty was a slap in the face. You know, Petty. Speaking of the Eagles, Don Felder, who was kicked out of the Eagles, and they it was a bitter, bitter, bitter departure. Actually, you know, twice basically. The second time after they reunited and he sued and yeah, they did that three hour documentary. They premiered it up at Sundance years ago, probably four or five years ago, that three hour documentary on the Eagles. And he's giving the 
explaining his, and he's sitting in the control room, and he has to leave. He has to get up, and he says it's a cut because he starts crying. I saw Don Felder at uh, the depot across the street from the arena a couple years ago. And anyway, he's from, uh, where's the University of Florida from? Gainesville. Gainesville, Florida. He's from Gainesville. And he taught Tom Petty how to play guitar. He was a little older than Tom Petty. Uh, Tom Petty took guitar lessons from Don Felder. Tom Petty, as a kid, took guitar lessons from Don Felder. How about that? That's amazing. And, of course, that is where the band Leonard Skinner was from, was Gainesville also. Uh, we're getting a shout-out here for Dimebag Daryl from uh, Pantera. I'm not really a heavy metal guy. I did not know this story, but he was shot and killed on stage. A deranged fan rushed the stage. Multiple people were shot in the melee, and the person who did it was finally shot and killed, but he was, uh, he was performing, and they were in like their first or second song, and somebody rushed the stage. You're and not really shooting. into heavy metal? I mean, so you dabble in it a little bit? I dabble in it a little bit. <sighs> I don't dabble in it at all. Oh, you do a little bit. I was going to say, no, who are we I listening don't. to over here? No, I don't. I've never been a heavy metal guy. Heavy metal for me, and I had two guys lived across the room, a hall from me, at uh, Babbitt Hall mm-hmm. and when I went to Northern Arizona. And they, to give you an idea of what they were about in terms of heavy metal, in their mind, ACDC was mellow. Okay. All right. I know. So the, the <laughs> sounds that would emanate from their dorm room, and I just couldn't understand. So, How do you like this stuff? So Van Halen was like nothing for them. Though. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no they would have. Yeah, Van Halen, which I thought you know at the time was mainstream rock and roll, basically. Yeah, it's considered hard rock. Yeah, it, 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 it leans <laughs> hard, but it, I didn't consider it heavy sure, metal. Yeah, but they considered it like Barry Manilow. Barry <laughs> <laughs> Manilow. <laughs> yes, and you know what was weird about them too? It's two, it's two brothers, and uh, they would they were country all the way except in their music. They loved hunting, and they would go out. Uh, when we were up in Flagstaff, they'd go out like three in the morning and set these traps and then come back and then go back at seven. And they loved doing that stuff. And they drove trucks. It just seemed like they, they should have been country oriented. But Ted Nugent and those types of things, man, they just that's all they would listen to at, at eight o'clock in the morning. You'd hear it. Oh, just man. Cranked. Good morning. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I always thought to, it was so odd. Waking up to Black Sabbath. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning, Ozzy. Ah. I, right. I always thought it was just, man, can you tone it down just a little? Okay, but, but you, no. like, you know the bands and the names. That's what I'm talking about when you dabble in it. Not that you're going to concerts or buying albums or waking up to, you know, Slayer at 7.30 in the morning. But you still, when I say Slayer, Yach starts laughing because he knows who Slayer is. Well, I'm just thinking about the great uh, ESPN commercial with John Clayton and Slayer. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I didn't Ma, go to concerts or I'm do anything segment. I didn't have any money then, but uh, so I wasn't going to very many concerts at those at that point in time when you're in college, at least for me, because my parents were not supplementing my uh, lifestyle zero. Everything I did came from me. 
So, but yeah, just when I think of heavy metal, I always think of those guys, and and just all the time, it's like, oh man, this, this just shows just how rattling the, my brain. This shows how the music tastes of uh, our audience are just all over the map. All the names that we've shared in this last segment. Here's one for you. Mullet Ute says Lou Reed. From heavy metal to Lou Reed. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. College football coming up. David Nixon, BYU TV football analyst at 8.05. Riley Jensen, our college football insider at 8.30. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Brian Fisher from Athlon Sports. Granted, the level of competition hasn't been great, but where are you at on the BYU hype train? I'm on the bandwagon. I don't know if I'm uh, right in the front seat, but I'm definitely closer to the front than a lot of people. I mean, look, we understand the level of competition and factor that in, but um, it's all about playing who's in front of you. And, and BYU has done that you know, quite well. You know, Yes, the focus is always going to be on Zach Wilson and, and the quarterback position and throwing the ball around. But I've been very impressed with the defense. They, they have certainly taken care of business and, and done what they've needed to against some very different uh, style offenses. And, you know, really up front, um, you know, one of the strengths of the team has always been, you know, in the trenches. And, and I think they're, you know, certainly one of the better power five teams uh, in that respect. And, and we've seen that so far this year. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We've got multiple topics up on our uh, Facebook page. You can hit any of the discussions. We've been talking about whose musician's death hits you hard. Uh, another question up. No fans for BYU football for the third straight home game. What's going on? Were What's you singing? When, yeah, I know. Were you singing when you posted that one? <laughs> and this degenerated into cheap shots between Ute and Cougar fans just about as quickly as anything could. Really? Ron, you can watch other high school games on Friday night. Oh, that's a blow. Exactly. (laughs) Two laughing emojis right there. Jewel, when they play someone better than Murray High School fans can go. Oh, yeah, Jewel. I mean, you're not the dad or the mom. I don't know if Jewel is a boy's name or a girl's name in this case, but you are not the mom or dad of a player. Other uh, shots out there? There are a couple more in here. Oh, grab a bucket for the Zoob Tears, Derek says. Again, you don't have a son playing. Andrew says, it's hard to cry when our team is playing football. Oh, that's a shot. Hal says no fans for the NBA, BLM, NFL, fans are fed up, Jazz are in trouble, fans want change, multiple exclamation points. Jazz are in trouble? Yeah, that's what he says, the Jazz are in trouble. How are the Jazz in trouble? I don't know, I thought the Jazz were on vacation, maybe referring to the NBA TV ratings. Jazz are on their summer slash AK fall break. Is it UEA already? I thought that was next week. It's next week. It's coming up. <laughs> Fall break, UEA break, call what you will. <laughs> well, that's the jazz. Yeah, they're used to. It's got to be weird for those guys who've been doing this thing in a body clock for so long, and yeah. now they're they're not doing it. No, the body clock says that they should be playing preseason games right now. They're yeah, playing the NBA finals, anticipating the start of the season. 
in uh, a couple of weeks. It's too bad. And Justin says, and so I wake up in the morning and I step outside and I take a deep breath and I get real high and I scream from the top of my lungs, what's going on? Your question, got Justin, got Justin singing. Good work. <laughs> I'm wondering why they can't have parents. I don't know. It seems like a couple hundred people. You know, we were talking uh, about this like a week ago and you had a brilliant idea that I assume other people have had too. You know, it's... With these crowds, I don't think it's so much sitting and watching the game. It's how you enter and how you leave. And then it's do you congregate in the bathrooms of the concession stands. You're like, well, close the concession stands. Boom! Problem solved. Yeah, you can go three hours without eating. Yeah, right? You don't have to have all the, the stuff that you're not supposed to be eating that's fun. Hot dogs! It's your hot dogs! I don't know if you saw this, but John Canzano yesterday, quote, limited number of family and friends of players and coaches will be allowed at Utah games, according to what Mark Harlan oh, thinks is going to Oh, of happen. course they should be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Mark Harlan's you, got a brain. If Utah allows family, well, they should. there should be BYU fans who are going to lose their I don't, lives. for the life of me, I don't understand. It, if your boy dresses so he's in uni right. for home games, and away yeah, games would be a different story, yeah, that's but home games – he gets two tickets. Yeah, if you had two or four tickets for a hundred-ish people, a spread out, you could put them in one section and they can socially <laughs> right, distance. Yeah. And then you look at all these other places, and I realize that's supposedly a hot spot for me. You know, honestly, I haven't had to worry about the virus much at all because I don't do anything. I go, I golf a little bit, I go to the gym, and that has been it to the extent. And I do the show from home, that has been it for the extent of six months. Well, here recently, my life has changed. I've had to go grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. I haven't gone grocery shopping and I don't know how long. <laughs> well, you know where I was Monday? Today's Wednesday. You know where I was Monday? Costco. You know where I was Tuesday? Walmart. <laughs> I can't tell you the last time I've been into those places. Now you're going to have to do something else you don't do, and that's make a list so you don't make as many trips. Well, I don't make the list. The list is given to me. Oh, okay, good. Go and get, I get this. I, I get the 15-year-old. I said, come on, we're going. Mm -hmm. She pulls around the cart, and if you saw the two of us, you'd think, you make an odd couple. <laughs> we'll just we'll leave it at that. And uh, so, you know, I, I got the mask thing. I don't know if it works, but I, I just do it because I don't want to grieve. And if it's going to make the person next to me feel better, I'll do it. Right. But we can do that. But we can't let somebody's parent. I guess Romney's dad was on Twitter. Uh, well, it'd be Romney's dad because he's got two boys well, playing on the team. players themselves. Yeah. Kyle and Griffith's and, and I them. saw something on Twitter and he's wondering why can't he go. I, I get it, man. Why can't you just go let two people just go sit and watch them play football in an open-air stadium, no less? Yeah. I, beyond me, man, but I don't understand this whole thing anyway. I don't, yeah, I don't have my epi epidemiology degree either, but I don't get it either. 60,000 seats. You can, you can spread out pretty far, and it's outdoors. Yeah, and it's outdoors. So 400 people. And, and the thing is, you know, they, they have a bunch of players who are out of state whose families probably don't come to every home game. You know, I mean, some people can travel, but some people can't. So, all right, DJ and PK, when we come back, David Nixon joins us, BYU TV football analyst. We'll talk Cougars with him. Riley Jensen, our college football insider, coming up at 8.30. Stay with us.